0: You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon from Explore the Bible Students back with you for another Leader Training Podcast. This is our um, summer study of First and Second Kings, and we find ourselves in Session 3, which is titled Wise Actions. And uh, our central truth is relationships that don't honor God lead to actions that don't honor God. And we're looking at 1 Kings eleven one through 13. And this is the passage where we see what I kind of warned you about before. Like, things are going to go really poorly for Solomon. He's going to make some really... Despite being this person that asked for God to give him wisdom, we see him make some really unwise, unwise decisions in this passage. Um, namely, the unwise decision he chooses to make is to... Um, marry a lot of women. Um, I think it's really important at the outset to make clear that um, polygamy, the practice of marrying multiple people, is never something that the Bible um, promotes ever. It doesn't. In fact, God promotes the opposite in Genesis uh, when God designed marriage. He designed it uh, to be between a man and a woman, um, and one man and one woman. And so um, this is... You know the practice of polygamy was something that you see it's something that you see uh, practiced in the Old Testament um, quite a lot, but that doesn't mean it's something that is um, that is good and that is in in conjunction with God's desire and design for people it's not and in fact, it's something that got Solomon into a lot of trouble um, but particularly what got him into a lot of trouble was was he began to invite the worship of the false gods that some of these women worshiped into israel and he started to worship those gods himself and in turn invited other people in israel to worship these false gods um it's probably important to put this in perspective to some degree it's not like solomon in his mind because i think like we read a passage like this and we're like how could you possibly do that right how could someone like after all god had done for solomon and the dedication of the temple and everything else like how could he be so so dumb um well first of all like this was the culture in which um the ancient world was just saturated in the worship of all these other gods. And the idea, you know, I think Solomon in his mind probably thought that the Lord was still his number one god, right? But he's worshiping these other gods to appease his wives. He's worshiping these other gods because, hey, if you worship some other gods, maybe some you'll get some of the good things that those gods can provide. This was the way of thinking in the ancient world. You prayed to these other gods to get whatever good things they might give you or avoid whatever bad things they might bring if you didn't worship them. And so that's what's going on in his mind, I think, probably. Um, but what Solomon didn't fully get when he gives into this is that God doesn't allow rivals. Like He is so holy. He is so um, set apart. He is so perfect um, that he won't allow us to worship anything else but him. Like he's worthy of so much more worship than that. He was worthy of everything we are and all that we have to give, and so um, yeah, Solomon falls in a big way and invites a similar fall into the nation of Israel, and and we learn that the Lord was angry with Solomon because of his heart. because his heart had turned away from the Lord and the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, he had commanded him about this, so he would not follow other gods. But Solomon did not do what the Lord had commanded. So Solomon, what, what, what that passage is telling us is that Solomon knew what he was supposed to do. He knew that this wasn't okay. It's not like he was like, oh, I didn't realize that God was exclusive, that he wanted an exclusive relationship. No, he knew exactly what he was doing, and God calls him out for it. So then the Lord said to Solomon in verse 11, since you have done this and did not keep my covenant and my statutes which I commanded you, I will tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, I will not do it during your lifetime for the sake of your father, David. I will tear it out of your son's hand, yet I will not tear the entire kingdom away from him. I will give the tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, for the sake of, of Jerusalem that I chose. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think this is a passage that reminds us... Um, of the dangers of, of sin, the dangers of deliberately disobeying God, um, but it also warns us of the dangers of relationships that might negatively impact us. Um, so I don't think the takeaway here is to tell students that they can't hang out with non-Christians, Right because we're called to minister to non-Christians, and we're called to minister to people who are outside the faith, um, and to point them to Jesus. And that involves friendship, that to some degree, right? That involves relationship. Uh, but there's a kind of friendship that's really unhealthy, I think, that can happen between us and people who are not Christians. And that's one that, that embraces their way of seeing the world, embraces their way of life, um, or, or, or comes alongside them in such a way that we, we, we don't, Uh, We lose sight of who we're called to be and what we're called to do. Does that make sense? Help your students um, unpack what that might look like for them. How can we be friends with people and build relationships with people outside the faith in a way that points them to Jesus without turning our eyes away from Jesus? Um, That's a delicate um, balance sometimes, I think. But it's possible, and it's important, and it's one that you can help, that you— are equipped to help your students with. There's ways in which you've done this. Like you've had friendships, you've had relationships probably that have been with with non-Christians that have been unhealthy. And then you've probably had some that have been really healthy and good. So you probably know um, that balance better than you think you do. Give your students an example of how that's worked out in your life and how you've tried to live that out. Um, maybe some good examples, maybe some bad ones too. But help them catch a vision of what it might look like to minister to people, to point people to Jesus, but also to protect um, our hearts and our purity and our, our our faithfulness to God as we do so. Because we can't minister to the world and point them to Christ if we're doing life the exact same way that they are. Like if there's nothing different about us. Um, Jesus said they would know, people would know um, that we are his followers by our love for one another. So it's really important that we not give in to a way of life that that is self-focused, right? Uh, we need to, to ask God to help us navigate that with wisdom, right? Um, hope this helps you think through how you're going to teach and guide students this week. Thanks so much for your time. We'll see you again next week as we continue our study of First and Second Kings. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com.